Marriage on a Tightrope supports couples in strengthening their mixed faith marriage. Visit tightropemarriage.org to make a recurring donation and learn more about the mixed faith community. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. I'm Katie. And we're still married. And we're not dead. We're not dead. <laughs> what? But we are going to talk about death. Hey, this is a weird episode because... We thought of this episode, Katie's going to talk a little bit about why we're going to be talking about death and funerals, Uh, but I'm excited about the episode. I think you are too, because the way that we're doing it is a little more fun than you would expect when this is the topic, but we don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to get you to cry somehow. Oh, me? Yes. Personally? Oh, shoot. I am not prepared. All right. So Katie, why are we talking about death in this episode? It's a good question. Okay. So we recently went to a funeral in California and it just happened to be Alan's uncle's funeral and uncle Gene and uncle Gene was not a religious person. And so I was interested to see like how he was going to do the funeral. Uh, So we went, it was a really nice service. It was some of the highlights for me was his two math buddies who like stood up and did this kind of improv uh, comedy act about their time uh, working as teachers in the math department. And it was so funny and it was so, it just was amazing. Something I'd never seen ever before done at a funeral. And I thought, gosh, like that, it, what would, what would happen? You know, like what, I think that we don't talk about death until it's here. Right. Because everyone's superstitious and they're like, I don't want to jinx it. If we yeah. talk about death, it's going to happen. Guess what? It's going to happen either way. I'm just a little stitious. A I'm, li- not- I'm just a little stitious, Michael Scott. Uh, anyway, so throughout the funeral, Alan and I kept talking about what our wishes may be. We kept thinking, oh, would we want this the same as that? Or would we want to have it in a cemetery like he did. He had it at this, it wasn't a funeral home. It yeah. was like a it was the chapel of a chapel. of a of the forest lawn mortuary right. and cemetery in Anaheim, California. So it was not an LDS. We've been to a, a lot of LDS funerals, a lot of Mormon funerals. Haven't been to a lot. I mean, been to a fair share of non-LDS funerals, but mm-hmm. this was really the first family member of ours on my side that we've been to that was not an LDS funeral. So it it really got the creative juices flowing and, and it brought up some questions that you're going to hear us ask in real time today. So we talked about it a little bit. And to be fair, we hadn't, I hadn't personally thought about a lot of these questions and what I would actually want my funeral to look like. There is a part of me that just thinks whatever you want to do, like I'm gone, especially <laughs> what, what I yeah. think about the afterlife, which is like, oh, I don't think it's going to happen. It's really like the funeral is for the living and I'm totally fine with it. With that being said, that would make for a boring episode when we ask these eight questions. Well, and also I'll say that in our mixed faith marriage, it is, it has been stressful on me to think about what I would do for Alan if he died tomorrow, because what normally happens, at least here in Utah, is you go to the stake center, you have a few, you have a funeral. And quite honestly, Alan, like if you died tomorrow, it would be so large that we couldn't have it at like a funeral home. 
Most funeral homes are very small. Are and you so saying I'm popular? I'm just saying that they're all of our friends are alive. Like we're not, we're older, they're dead. But you, you have made two comments now about me dying tomorrow. It is August 28th, 2023. <laughs> if I die on August 29th, <laughs> you know what happened. You no. know who to question. No. I'm blinking SOS. Okay. You're blinking as well. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but I think it's a it can be a really stressful thing when you don't know what the wishes are right. of your partner. And furthermore, it's usually extended friends and family planning the event, and they don't know what your wishes are as well. Right. And so Alan and I just thought, hey, let's like take a stab at doing this together, and it might be kind of fun to sort of clear the air and give you some ideas and maybe some things to talk about too in your relationship. Some of you have already been through this and, and, you know, we um, just also hit a big milestone. Yes. uh, Just a couple of weeks ago was the 10 year anniversary or death anniversary, if you're morbid uh, of my father's passing. So he was struck and killed by a drunk driver, lived for a week, um, after he was was struck and lived in the in the hospital with a broken neck for a week and wasn't able to communicate much, only was awake for a couple of days and then was was not awake after that. We've talked about that in previous episodes. Uh, you can go and listen to. I don't know if there's an episode that specifically called anything about my dad, but we I think I we think talked so. about that a lot in episode 69 with my mom Elaine Mount. That was a an interview that we talked about my dad's death and in a lot of detail. And this being the 10 year, we all got on a zoom meeting as a family on my side and talked about that week that he was alive. And we, we remembered a lot of things that other people didn't or perspectives from nieces and nephews that were, you know, still old enough to remember things and have their own experiences in their teens. Right. That we had never, I had never talked to my, my nephews and nieces about this. Mm. So it was, it was actually really healing. I, I, I was not looking forward to going into that Zoom meeting, but it ended up being a net positive. Uh, difficult things often can be. So that that is another thing that's happened in the last little bit that has gotten us on this topic. So you can play at home as you're watching with your partner if you would like to. We're going to ask eight different questions. We're going to try to guess newlywed style, sort of swipe a, <laughs> a slight little uh, tinkering of the format. We have each written our answers to these eight questions on these sheets of paper. We do not know each other's answers. So we will read the question and each of us is going to hold up, not what we think the other person said, but what we said. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and then we're going to hold it up to the camera and see if we know each other well. I have a feeling that mine is going to be a lot easier than yours, and I'm worried about that. Oh, <laughs> okay. How well do you know your wife? Oh, we're about to find out. We're about to okay, find. I'm going to read the first question. Okay. What location should the funeral be held? Okay. You're going to answer for me okay. first. Uh, Where should the funeral be held? Well... Okay, in an ideal world, in an ideal place, you would have it at Dodger Stadium. But that's not ideal. I mean, that's like not... It's it's far-fetched. It's far-fetched. So I would say like either the Junior High Auditorium or like... The Junior High Auditorium? (laughs) What? Okay, hold on. 
Let's be real. Okay. No, I shouldn't laugh. The amount of people <laughs> that would show up. Okay. I'm like, where can I find a venue for a lot of people? Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So I think like a high school, like, okay. Or I think like a hotel, like oh. the Grand America, you Ooh, know, we just fan- like, that's bougie. A bougie, a bougie, bougie goodbye. Allen I'm in for this. Am I off? Well, a little, but you're not going to love my answer anyway. So let's just let's just go for it. Okay. So what I said for the first one was La Patera's baseball field, which is my which is my elementary school baseball field. I have so many good memories, and having my rotting corpse on top of home plate at on the baseball field while everybody is in the infield facing me. Not actually, I would be in a box or something, right? Or but who's so. gonna travel there besides like your immediate family? Only those that truly love me. Oh my goodness! But then I put our backyard, our current backyard, which I know is really small. Our backyard. Yeah, it's really small, but it's beautiful, and we can just invite the people that we care about. Oh, MG! <laughs> I I don't think I'm gonna get any of these. No, well, that one was weird. That one was strange. Okay. Okay. Alan, I'm gonna where guess am yours. I gonna be? Ba- where am I gonna ha- have the funeral? So, so if we did the ideal thing, <laughs> if we did an ideal thing, this would be it, was- it would be Disneyland, <laughs> and your your body in the casket would be like on the bridge next to Cinderella's or Sleeping Beauty's castle. Excuse uh, me. That's where it would be. Oh my gosh. Uh, but. I honestly, at this point, you might still say Steak Center. So if we're going to go far-fetched, ooh, the Steak Steak Center. Center. Okay, so you're still Steak Centering. Yeah, it it, logistical nightmare to do anything else. To do anything else. And also, I have spent my whole life at at a church building, so Steak Center. Interesting. All right. Okay, Ellen, the next question for you. All right. Um... Are you going to be cremated, buried, donate your body to science, or become a pod? What's a pod? Well, I just kind of put that as a place marker, like, as in, like, something alternative that I didn't list. Oh, okay. So, so- like, you know how there are those things where you can, like, put put your body in, like, this like, cocoon? Yeah. Right. And then like it like decays and then it turns into like a tree or something. Yeah, I want to be a peach tree dog. I did not write that. Okay. But I have thought about that. I've thought about that. Okay. I've um, I've joked with know. you about doing like an oh aerial burial, like an air burial where they they splice a what? They flay an air burial. <laughs> where they burial. What am I saying wrong? Say the word. Burial. No, you're using like bear burial. Burial. What's Burial. Wrong? Burr? No, 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 no. This is just a this is a, a, a dialect <laughs> issue. Californian versus Utah. It is burial. <laughs> burial, soda, pop, whatever. Okay. So I would say the uh, the air the air burial. Dang it, you got me saying it right now. Okay. You you slice open your back and put yourself on the side of a mountain and the birds come and eat your flesh and and like fly away. And it's beautiful. Ew. I saw it on Reddit. The pictures were cool. But um who That's takes not a what pic- I mean. Oh gosh. It no, was in it, it was somewhere in like Tibet or something. Okay. I actually said donated to science. Oh, you were supposed to guess first. <laughs> donated to science. You got I it. actually would have guessed um being in like a pod turning into a tree or something. What kind of tree do you think? I know yes. I already spoiled it with with peach. I mean, but you know, peaches are good. Mm. Sure, why not? But I'd say donated to science. 
Uh, the reason why you is really I, I took anatomy. Get your, you really want to have your boat, your body donated to science. Yeah. This is like actually like not for the camera, like for me. Yes. Like you're telling me you want me to donate your body to science. Yes. I would want, I am an organ donor. I would want everything donored yes. to, to, to anyone that needs it. If they can, yes. Yeah. Eyes, liver, whatever. Yes. You know, but also then when I took anatomy, I made a comment to the anatomy lab professor that like, it would be so cool to be an anatomy cadaver because I'm so big. Like some of the muscles that are very, very small and little people would like pop and be really easy to Us find. little people? Yeah, you little people, yeah. Is that derogatory? I don't know. But I'm a giant. So some of the some of the muscles would be a little bigger and easier to find. So I think it'd be cool. Yeah, let's let's be a cadaver. Not it needs to be like a D1 school. So let's say like UCLA, something in the UC system. UCLA. Oh my god. You gotta get me into the UCLA cadaver lab. Okay. Is there a backup? No. <laughs> it might be burial after that. Oh, I don't want to get I don't want to be buried. That's like the most boring, like if if inefficient right. way of burying someone. Okay. But for you, I would just say you are traditionalists, we're burying you in a Yep, buried. Yeah, yep. I'm being buried. You're being buried. Any particular, you want to Mapleton with your, does your family have lots there? My parents, my sister's buried in um, Springville. Mm -hmm. And so I, maybe, I, I don't think that there's room, but I, hmm. It's interesting. I, I don't, I don't want a headstone. I mean, I want to be like a bench. I would like okay. a bench so or come and sit. a chair. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't like um, headstones. Can we do a, a bench that's like our bed that can like lift and raise the feet and, and the head so people can be more, it's yeah. a recliner stone <laughs> oh my chair. Gosh. <laughs> we got to make this happen. We got to make this. Nick Homer, I need you to help design a chair that is made of stone for, for Katie's headstone. Yeah. But you'll, your name will be on it. So it's fine. Oh, oh it will be? Well, <laughs> am I gonna? Is it like a? It's a love seat it's for, a, the, for the two of us. I guess so. Okay, that's fair. All right. Uh, here's the next one. What are you wearing in a casket? Assuming that you were buried, right? So I, my body's going to science first, and then what it's am I get shipping you up. off in science? In right. What am I getting well, shipped off in? You're wearing your Dodger uniform. I'm wearing literally this uniform, uh, Dodger gear. For sure. I would Wait, hold wear on. Dodger is this gear. Kershaw on your back? This is Kershaw, number yeah. 22. You can see it right there. This is the first authentic Dodgers jersey Katie bought me. It still has a stain from the grease of the hamburgers that I was cooking at the very beginning of game seven of the 2017 World Series. I don't want to talk about how that game ended. <laughs> oh my ended. gosh. Yeah, die hard. Can you tell? Literally. A little bit. I die will die hard this. tomorrow. She did it. Okay. Okay. And what are you going to be buried in? What am it, I going to be buried in? It's got to be something. I mean, I could see you going for, if you're going to be like a real answer, it's going to be just a classy dress, just some kind of classy dress. But if we're going to go for something theatrical or more fun, you would be buried in like your nicest, like Disney wear. What? I don't know. No, I don't love Disney that much. Okay. So something. Okay. So I did put my favorite dress. Okay. Vibrant colors. Okay. Because I love color. You do. And pink. Pink. That's bright why pink. I wore my my bright pink today. That's right. That's right. Um, I do like vibrant colors. And they're... I, okay. I don't know how to say this. Alan, why do you think I don't want 
to be buried in my temple clothes. Whoa, I did not expect this to come up. Um, that's a difficult question for me to answer. Should I answer and, it? <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell, let me say why it's a difficult question for me to answer is, and this is kind of like a, a mixed faith marriage pro tip. <laughs> uh, we, we typically try not to represent the other person's position uh, publicly. So whether that's on the podcast or when people ask, where's Katie at with her belief? Or mm. what does Katie think about this? Or what does Alan think about that? Typically, we respond with, you should ask her or you should ask him. This is what I think, but we should probably call or, or knock on her door and, and, and ask. So that's why when you ask me that question, it's like, I want you, especially on this topic, to be able to like represent yourself and right. not have me try. <laughs> okay. So not that I have anything against um, temple wear or, or the traditional kind of uniform that most people get buried in when they are, um, when they do die and they were active temple goers, nothing against that. I feel like for me, we're going to use that language for me, um, being in something that's very comfortable for me, like a, like a dress, my favorite dress. And especially with color, um, it actually for me is a representation of like the fact that I believe that I and my husband and my kids and anyone else in my life will be together without any tie to religion, mm -hmm. without any tie to covenants that I still have a, a deep belief that we will be together no matter what. And so that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's why I'm glad you believe it's kind that. of like my last sort of like way outward way I can show that. I like that. Yeah. You, I, you're working on it. You're getting me to think and tear up a little bit. Oh, we'll that's get there. Cute. <laughs> that's cute. At least one of us believes we're going to be together for longer <laughs> than this life. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, okay. Alan, the next question mm. is, um, what song do you want played at your funeral? I thought, I thought about this one. And I have, I have an answer. I, what I think okay. you said. All right, go ahead. I think you said no hard feelings by Avett brothers. No hard feelings by the Avet Brothers. I knew it. Alan, yes. do you want to talk about the song? Oh, this song is so great. So as I talk about, it, I'll pull up the lyrics. I should have had this pulled up ahead of time, but we we went to the Avet Brothers concert. Uh, this, if you haven't, if you haven't seen the Avet Brothers, this is we have been fans of theirs for gosh, eight or nine years now. Yeah. And this is the first time that we were able to go to their concert, and I was not expecting it like the music to fill my soul. And I'm, I, you know, I've been to lots of concerts where it's been like, wow, this is so fun. But like where it pierces your heart and like enters your chest. That's how I felt yeah. with the Avid brothers. And they sing this song. Yeah. They sing this song. There, there's a number of songs that, are, that mean a lot to our family surrounding our dad's uh, passing murder in the city specifically. And they play that. And I bawled like a little baby boy in that when they played that song it was special but i won't read the whole the whole song lyric here but i'll just read the very beginning of this and you should go and listen to this song because it is gloriously beautiful when my body won't hold me anymore and it finally lets me free will i be ready 
When my feet won't walk another mile and my lips give their last kiss goodbye, will my hands be steady? When I lay down my fears, my hopes, and my doubts, the rings on my fingers and the key to my house with no hard feelings. Oh, that song is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. It, it is so, If it wasn't so against good. copyright we would problems, we would play it. Because it's would play just it. beautiful. It's, I almost am kind of like, I just want to... There's another really good verse. When the sun hangs low in the west and the light in my chest won't be kept held at bay any longer. When the jealousy fades away and it's ash and dust for cash and lust and it's just hallelujah... And love and thought, love in the words, love in the songs they sing in the church, and no hard feelings. Mm. Hold on, get to the Jesus one. Lord knows they haven't done. Uh, Lord knows they haven't done much good for anyone. Kept me afraid and cold with so much to have and hold. Mm. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Go listen to it. You have our permission to hit pause and listen to that song and come back. And now you're crying. <laughs> Welcome back to the episode. Now I've got to think of your song. Yeah. What is my song? Oh my gosh. Remember the lilies. I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. Remember the lilies. So I thought about this briefly. To be fair, I didn't I didn't narrow it down, but I I wanted to say a Taylor Swift song, but I couldn't think of like the right Taylor Swift song. Are you gonna start? reading the lyrics you're mm-hmm. pulling them up i'm pulling them up is it a taylor swift song no it's not shoot is it a con- is it a contemporary is it a Marin morris song no weird al <laughs> why would i pick any of those things <laughs> i mean taylor swift i wouldn't think would be so, so bad Anne murray nope okay ready okay start reading and i'll say it when i when i understand um Hmm. Let's see. I'm looking where I should start. In the quiet, misty morning, when the moon has gone to bed, when the sparrows stop their singing and the sky is clear and red, when the summer ceased its gleaming, when the corn its passes prime, when adventures lost its meaning, I'll be homeward bound in time. Wait. If you find me, if you find me, it's your missing. If you're hoping, I'll return. To your thoughts, I'll soon be listening, and in the road, I'll stop and turn. Then the wind will set me racing as my journey nears its end, and the path I'll be retracing when I'm homeward bound again. Is that the... the Bind me not to the pasture, chain me not to the plow, set me free to find my calling, and I'll return to you somehow. Oh, that is pretty. Do you know what that is? I don't. Know what that is? So this is a song called "Homeward Bound." It is not Simon, not and Simon Garfunkel. And, Homeward Bound. Okay. Um, and so here, here's my here it is. It's um the Motab actually sings it. Oh. And it's written by Marta Keene. Oh. And uh, this is okay. That, I, those are beautiful lyrics. I love this song. The meaning of it. The reason why she wrote it was that she She said she wrote this song for a loved one who was embarking upon a new phase of life's journey. And um, she wanted to express the soul's yearning to grow and change. And um, she said, finding your true calling in life, knowing that those who love you trust you, trust that you will return. Mm. And I love I loved that sentiment that um, beyond this, I feel like there's more growth, there's more journey, and one day we'll still all be together 
but like I have an adventure spirit. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you can let me go and I'll go and we'll, we'll be back again someday. We can be together. No, not that song. No, not no. that one. That was really pretty. I'm going to have to go listen to that. I've never heard it. It's a, it's a beautiful Maybe song. Maybe I have, but I just don't remember. It's like one of those that I wouldn't want like a choir singing it, but I would right. love for like Ooh, if you could have a vocalist performance. Vocalist. I would want someone I know, like my sure. nephew, Blake. My nephew, Blake, oh, has yeah. an yeah. incredible voice. I, I, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Um, I would want my brother Cameron to sing No Hard Feelings. Oh gosh, because he plays the guitar, he does it all. He could do it. It's a bit of a high song for his for his range. No offense, Cameron, I love you. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Uh, here's the next question. Yes, who would you want to speak at your funeral? Who would you want to speak at your funeral? I'll be f- completely honest. I did not think about this question and how you would answer it. Hmm. Um, who would you you would want a powerful Brene Brown? I mean, like Brene Brown like doesn't know list, me. A wish list. I know. No. I, I'll I'll give you a hint with me. I wrote one that I know and that knows me, and one that it would be like the wish list type of person that doesn't know me but would be cool. Oh, that's got to be Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, it's not. But you're on the right track. Okay. Um, it's got to be. Oh, yes, I know Sam Harris, <laughs> and then your brother, my brother Cameron, and Sam Harris. Yes, my brother Cameron and Sam Harris. That's what I wrote. And For who you, would who would oh, be goodness. mine? I'm trying to think who you would do. While is you're it a fa- thinking, is it a family member? While you're thinking, I had a thought. So, um, you know, I always think like, how sad is it that people who are dead are being memorialized and eulogized, and they don't get to hear like what other people said about them. Mm. And uh, oftentimes we don't have the words to express or to talk about someone unless it's a birthday or like they're on their deathbed or I mean something like, and it really is. It's like the funeral is when you hear about it and Alan, (laughs) um, oh gosh, here we go. I believe that I'm going to be in spirit there that I'll be able to hear what people are saying about me. I'll be fine. Um, but Alan doesn't believe that he'll be there. He'll be done, right? I'll be done. He'll be done. So I thought it would be fun to ask people. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> what did you do? Um, I asked a couple of people that I knew that you would probably want to speak at your funeral. Oh, my gosh. And I asked You are going to kill me tomorrow. <laughs> And I asked them to write a eulogy for you or to write a, oh a <laughs> to write um, something about you that they would say at your funeral. Oh, dear. Okay. And one of them is your brother, Cameron. Oh, gosh. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. I have two, actually. Okay. I have one. Did you get Sam Harris? No. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Sorry, I probably could have like printed something off that Sam Harris has said at some point at someone's funeral. You could have had ChatGPT write it as though Sam Harris. I totally could have. Okay, all right, let's do it. Okay, let's see. This one is from a good friend, and it's Nick Homer. Oh, I mentioned him earlier on this episode. You did. Okay, so that's how good of friends you are, right? All right, so Nick said... 
I don't think it's a surprise to anyone who knew Alan. Oh, wait. In the comment, he wrote, R.I.P. Alan. That's, that's exactly how he sent it to me. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone who knew Alan that he went out, of, out the way he did. He loved watching and rewatching his favorite TV series. And he also loved using his Tesla on autopilot. <laughs> so Nick's making a prediction. And of he how definitely I got... loved doing those things at the same time. <laughs> I'm neither confirming nor denying. I think we all know he went out. He, he went with, he went out with a smile. <laughs> My relationship with Alan is about the fastest I've ever gone from being more acquaintances to feeling like we're best friend status. That felt pretty special until I realized it had nothing to do with me. Alan just has a way of making everyone around him feel like his best friend. From everyone in his neighborhood to people at the gym to random people he bumps into, Alan is one of those humans who naturally and genuinely connects with everyone in his way. A few years ago, I had been working out at the gym with Alan for just a few weeks, and he was still a relatively new friend for me. It was my birthday, and we had just put the kids down, and Alan texted and asked if he could swing by to say happy birthday. He showed up with two bags of everything he could find at the store that was labeled vegan <laughs> and stuck around to chat for an hour or two. I commented later to Chels that this was probably one of the most meaningful birthday gestures of my life. I honestly felt like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm in the presence of a relationship Mozart with with when I'm with Alan. Everyone is happy to be around him. The other night we had been up late with our kids and I texted our gym group text to say I probably wouldn't make it in the morning. He responded with Rest well, my prince. <laughs> I snorted and, ga and, and gagged. As much as it felt like language reserved for a sick, sleepy three-year-old, it's something absolutely he would say to anyone in any of his social circles. Everyone was Alan's prince. He was everyone's inner potential and genuinely loved to build and lift. Either that or he was a master manipulator who deeply needed, to pe um, needed people like him and would go to any length to make that happen. Regardless of the motivation, nobody ever felt unwanted or unimportant when Alan was in the room. And for all this, I would like to say thank you. You've changed my life countless positive ways. You will be missed. Rest well, my sweet prince. <laughs> oh my gosh. Am I doing it? Yeah, I've right, already wiped four times. Okay. One more. Oh this, is the, this is the brother. This oh is Cameron. Great. Oh my gosh, buckle up. Okay. Oh, here we go. He's not gonna he's not gonna let me off easy. I really appreciate the audience for sticking with this. I know you all that you can just mm, This is a shock. Mm. This was I did not know this was happening. Yes. Okay. Alan, according <sighs> to Cameron, act one. <laughs> the annoyance. <laughs> Alan for his first 18 years. Oh, see? <laughs> oh my gosh, again. Okay. Was one of annoyance and cleany oneness. Being four years younger than me made him per a perpetual thorn in my side. When we were younger, he was just your typical loud, hyperactive kid. 
He existed in the periphery of my life at such a volume and intensity that my attempts to ignore him proved futile and pathetic. This is actually a pretty great summary of his entire life, but we'll continue on anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He was the human embodiment of two cast iron skillets banging together with horrifying consistency and devastating proximity to my delicate eardrums. Mm. Mortal Kombat almost destroyed him at the end of Act One, but he impossibly survived. I got an ulcer playing Mortal Kombat with my brother and his friend. Okay, there's there's no time for like side stories, right? Okay. No, you gotta say why Mortal Kombat is a thing. Okay, Mortal Kombat 2 on the Super Nintendo. If you got if you ended up playing like 278 consecutive versus matches without stopping, it unlocked the old school game of pong and we were we had been playing for seven or eight hours and my brother cameron it was he he me a few of our friends a few of his friends and he was sick of it he wanted to be done and so he got up and said we're leaving we're going i'm like dude we only have like 20 matches left we cannot stop now and he went on up and he turned off the super nintendo (gasps) and i lost it i was so mad i was like 16 or maybe 15 or 14 i was not young it wasn't like an eight-year-old thing and i got so riled up that i collapsed in our driveway (laughs) because i my stomach hurt so bad so we always have this inside joke that mortal Kombat gave me an ulcer (laughs) okay act two the resurgence Around the time he came to UCLA for his freshman year of college, things started to change. I became aware of the fact that his breath could be spent in the service of in the service of something other than shrieking and lying to my parents about the laws he had broken, vandalism, theft for starters. The theft, I admit. I did not vandalize anything. Keep going. It is an ongoing saga. We struck up a friendship and he went on his mission. At the end of his mission, we had a lovely tour of Spain with Brittany, mom and dad. The highlight of which was being taken aback by how much he had grabbed, grabbed the rock, which um, is what our dad would say. I would joke about how much he had pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and convinced that he was a greater great leader and friend and missionary and brother and marriageable young man. But the joke was not funny because it was so obviously not true. This was never more obvious than when he married Katie. His legitimacy in the world of humanity was solidified when he somehow convinced her to marry him best move he ever made Mm, sweet agreed plus they made a ton of money with the money dance during the wedding oh yeah the money dance (laughs) yeah because i'm polynesian so you know i got hashtag respect okay hey they they may not know what that means there's the money dance at polynesian weddings polynesian weddings if you've ever been to polynesian weddings and you see a bunch of people pull out ones and fives and tens stick it to the girl girl with the oil everywhere it actually sounds really No, it does sound bad. And the, our wedding was the first time I had seen that. So I, I knew it was coming because you had told me. But yeah. when you actually see it, a lot of white people. A lot of white people put in a lot of money like, on the. No, they knew. <laughs> they do. Anyway. Okay. So his resurgence continued through the 2000s when he convinced me to join him in in producing a video game podcast. And we wrote over 100 parody songs together, the results of which have been watched by tens of viewers worldwide. <laughs> we raised our kids alongside each other, picked up church responsibilities alongside each other, and 
gained and lost weight with each other. That's right. These were the salad years, as they say. I'm not sure why they say that. We didn't eat salad together, not even once. Should be called the nacho years, probably. But the world has never made sense. So why would it act start now? Act three. Thanks, Helen. Oh, boy. Helen is the woman who um, <laughs> hit and killed Alan's father. Obviously, act three starts with the death of Jim Mount. Usually, it's act two that sucks. But in this case, it's act three because Alan doesn't follow the rules. Losing our dad was unquestionably the hardest thing that has ever happened to us. As much as we could from across the country, we felt our way through the darkness together. Our foundation was shaken, but life cruelly marches on, and so did we. After several months, we lost interest in the podcast, and we turned our attention to our phone-based relationship. This was unremarkable, except that we would occasionally rate our conversations before hanging up. Dude, that was an outstanding phone call. Really top-notch. Great topics. Top-tier jokes. Really solid effort all around. We should do that every time. We both process our grief and redefined our faith alongside each other. Leaving the church was up there with the toughest decisions we ever made. But uh, having Alan there took some of the sting out. Act four, the tick talking. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was only three acts. Last one. Act four saw Alan's influence extend well beyond our paltry video games podcast. He and Katie started an actual podcast designed to help couples struggling with mixed faith marriages. In 2016, a little app called TikTok launched for dancing little girls and dog lovers. <laughs> but Alan <laughs> saw potential for something more. 217 followers and 5.1 million likes later, Alan had successfully shared 217,000. <laughs> well, you know it. it. Successfully shared his brilliance with the world, or at least he had an impressive number. He transformed himself into a near expert in theology, Mormon history, philosophy, and social justice. It's been deeply satisfying to watch the world learn what only took me like 38 years. <laughs> To see myself. That Alan was a smart, hilarious, thoughtful, kind, generous, loving mountain of a man. Some might say that it's tragic that he died by being impaled by a moronized trumpet while filming a brutally sarcastic TikTok <laughs> at the Alicante Spain Temple dedication <laughs> when the earthquake struck and brought the whole thing to the ground. But the truth is, it could never have happened any other way. Alan was destined to die the way he lived loudly publicly trying to help others and being pierced to the soul by religion r.i.p little brother i guess it's true what they say some dogs die in hot cars <laughs> that was my nickname on our podcast dogs die in hot cars <laughs> others die in a freak religious earthquake gruesome impaling accident that may or may not have been perpetrated by a vengeful god but was definitely watched by millions of people and bots alike and definitely resulted in your most watched video ever. Take that mortal combat. <laughs> How do we go on from this? <laughs> I want to die tomorrow. That, that was, it was, it's done. The eulogies have been written. Is Cameron still on your list <sighs> uh, yeah, of people to call to, to now. You're going to just have to get, Sam Harris, because <laughs> well, that is exactly what I want in a eulogy. That was, can I just tell you, that was so sweet of you to go and do that. Yeah. And for Nick and Cameron, thank you. 
Nick, you win. <laughs> oh, I wanted it to be laughter and fun, and that was awesome. Oh my gosh! And that's and I totally see. Like, if again you die tomorrow, um, it would. That's something that you would want. You want you want it to be like humorous, and I, I totally, totally would. That that is up to you. And I'm just gonna say, hey, all of you, like, I don't know how you can do this, but. If you can go behind your your spouse's back and <laughs> and just sort of like get some thoughts from people that would speak at their funeral, I just feel like it it's a it's a travesty that these things aren't said before before and I'm and then s- it's and then it's too late. But now start. now you've heard yeah. what people would say I about know, you. And it's super nice. Anyway, oh. Alan, who would speak at my funeral? <laughs> Well, I don't have their speech ready. Um, if you were just to guess a few people. I would say. A general. You could just say general. I would say like family, like your your sisters. Um, if I had to choose one, I won't even go there. But your sisters. I'll say your sisters. Okay. So I listed a few people. So like maybe my kids, depending on when. when. Right. Uh, my sister, sisters, mm-hmm. either. Um, and then friends that represent maybe different parts of my life, stages of my life. Yeah. Maybe yeah. someone from high school, maybe someone from my mission, someone from my adult life. Like I have had different friends serve different purposes at different times. And I have made so many like really dear friends. Like I have the best friends ever. You are a great friend maker. I, and a f- even more, the more difficult accomplishment is you are a great f- friendship nourisher. You're very good at that. I'm really bad at that. Because <laughs> I, I, you only need me as your friend. <laughs> I lean on v- vegan gifts to keep my friends and <laughs> vegan gifts and Mortal Kombat. Right. Oh um, my gosh, my head's spinning. This is crazy. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, that kind of leads into the next one, which, uh, if I remember, oh yeah. Um. What What do you want people to say? Um. About what do you. Want to be remembered. What for? do you want to be remembered for? Um, I want to do you first. I think you want to be remembered for someone that uh, puts others first, uh, that that loves uh, nourishing relationships and serving others. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> what do you want to be? What do you want to be um, known for? I put well. Okay, so I'm a huge travel person. I'm a yes. huge like. I love a good adventure. Mm-hmm. So I put like adventure, right? Um, oh, wow, someone who is generous. Generosity, okay. Um, someone who like fostered connection. Yes. How I loved, like just being like how I loved people and how I was a friend to everyone. Yeah. So I mean, bas- I got all of them except for the adventure, yeah. which is a really good note. I'm yeah. glad that you're doing this. I'm glad that this is going to live forever so that I can go and watch it when you die first. I'm going to outlive you. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it. It's not going to happen. I'm going to die. Gonna all right. <clears throat> okay, Mine? Alan. Well, let me let me guess. Like, what you yep. want to be known for? Gosh, I think like Cameron nailed it with um, like your humor, um, your ability to to see others for who they are, and so I like you're a big ally. You're a big supporter mm. of of those who are <clears throat> in 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 any situation, um, and someone that like loved loved large i like that what did you put i put laughter Mm -hmm. and being true to me at all costs yep okay 
where it's, I'm going to be me. I've got to be me, Sammy Davis Jr. I'm going to be me regardless of the outcome and what comes because of that. Come what may. Which is another song you can play. From the loners. You and McGregor. All right. (laughs) Okay, so. Next one. What is the one thing you want everyone to eat at the luncheon? Okay, can I just say, I have been to some really crappy luncheons. I know. No funeral potatoes. No offense. No offense. I know it's the Relief Society that does it, and it's kind of the funeral potatoes thing. And it's not for me anyway. Fine. But if we were to, I mean, if I were to, like, choose the menu, what would I choose? Oh, this is, see, this was a hard one. There's something that I am very picky about. There is one thing I am very picky about. Really? Yes. Really? I am. Yep. Give me a hint. Nope. Dang it. Okay, I'll just give it to you. All right. So, number one. Well, the the desserts. You're very picky about desserts. There we go. Home-baked goods. Okay, let me tell you. Yeah. I will not. Charcuterie. Good one. Charcuterie. Yeah. Because I love charcuterie, and I could literally eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And home-baked. I cannot stand. I don't. I will not eat store-bought. I won't unless it's like a if you gourmandise or like a I would want everyone to bring their favorite baked good. Yes. And and, and they have it. to bake it. And they have to bake it. That's right. If you bring store bought cookies to her funeral, I will put you in the casket with her. Okay? Don't no sending crumble to my husband. Oh come no on. crave. No, no. We are gonna be chip. snobby about our funerals. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, what's mine? Um, let's see. Okay. Well, nachos or meat. Yeah. Nachos. <laughs> I knew it. What type of queso? Just for I mean, tostitos, bonus points. Tostitos, medium, medium queso. Queso. That's right. Um, we could just do like, you know, like the round tables and just stick it. Like everyone can just. Oh, yeah. Nacho We're just going to have round tables at the luncheon. And mm. at the center of every table is a pile of nachos just for everyone to, to reach in and enjoy. Um, a close second might be meatloaf. Well, I mean, I like meatloaf. It is like what I order you at get restaurants. It every time we go to a restaurant. If they have meatloaf, I usually get it because it's like easy and low risk. However, I wouldn't get it at my funeral. I wouldn't call that low risk. Anyway. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh the last questions. Is there are there anything? Is like, it just anything else? Yeah, any, any other, other wishes? wishes? Any other wishes? Uh I mean, I'll just give my, you my just, answer. You should just say yeah, because it's, it's a joke. Okay. Um if anyone cries at my funeral, they have to sing a karaoke song at the luncheon. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Alan and his brothers sang a song. We sang a parody song at my father's funeral luncheon. And <laughs> it was so funny. Three Large Males. Uh, maybe we could, uh, I think the video is on YouTube. I think I could link it. I'll try to find it and I'll link that video in the show notes uh, here on YouTube. So that song is pretty fun. That Me and my two brothers sang that at the luncheon. Listen closely. I went for a really high note towards the end and I nailed it. And I don't think I can hit it now. It's the 10 years later. I don't think I can <laughs> hit it. We should try. That's right. All right. Your, I mean, I don't know. Would yeah, this I'll be obvious? Say, Go ahead. Okay. So everyone knows that I love Disney. I do. Okay. Whatever. But here's why. Okay. Here is why. Is it because the characters, mm, I don't know, maybe, but like I, I love Disney because I love, when people can create magic for others. That's actually Mm. something that I love to do is I think one of the reasons why I like planning trips for my family is because I like having these like super magical moments with them. And I feel like 
you know, like I don't have to plan anything. I show up at Disney and there's like magical moments all you over want the place. A magician at your funeral. I want the magician to saw me in half. <laughs> no. <laughs> but actually. <laughs> but no, what I would really like to do is I would really love for my family to go to Disneyland and celebrate. My friends and family, just go go to Disneyland, do something, eat a churro in my honor. Oh, Wear happily. a shirt with my face on it. And every time, and you have to like, you have to put your hands up when you're in Tower, not Tower, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Like all the things that I love to do at Disney. I would want my family and friends to do together as kind of like a way to celebrate my life and like as a way to like laugh and be sad and grieve. Like I want people to like feel good and be together. So that's, I like that. We're going to put that in my, my final wishes is my family to go together. You don't want to be cremated. A lot of people scatter their ashes at Disney. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. But can I just like snip off a toe? No, in, in, the, in the funeral before hair. you, some hair, and then I'll like. You can cut some hair and put it like in a little thing around your neck. I will weave it into Ariel's hair on the on the Ariel's grotto ride or whatever it's called. Just sprinkle it. I'm just I'm sprinkle. Gonna, cut I'm my gonna hair. Braid it into just, Ariel's no, hair. No, no, no. You just cut my hair and then just just like drop a few pieces strands strand of hair. Strand here, strand there. Sure. So I'll be like all over Disneyland. That's right. I'll find a, a live action Disney princess and say, this is my dead wife's hair. <laughs> take oh it. God. Take her hair. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is like really turned into something, hasn't it? I think out of out of eight, how many would you say you got a useful answer that is actually going to help you? plan yeah. a funeral if this happens. No, I everything was useful. Okay. Everything was helpful. We might need to follow up on where we should do this because my elementary school baseball field is unrealistic <laughs> and I, our backyard's too small. I mean, the high school auditorium or like a junior high auditorium. I don't know what else to tell you. I know. Like, I know people rent hotels. I know people rent like... What about the... Can we rent Deer... Like the Deer Valley Amphitheater where we've gone and see Ben Folds a few times? Uh, that's like a hillside with grass. There's no chairs. That's awesome. That's perfect. That's a great venue. Oh my gosh. And then you could flay my back and the birds can come and fly away. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh. That Uh, is not helpful, but everything else has been helpful. Good. And honestly, like hopefully this just opens you up to be able to have the conversation with your partner uh, I'm sure so many of you have already been through this. I mean, with either a child passing, yeah. that is a whole nother issue because a child passing where um, you're in a mixed faith marriage and you're trying to make a decision is very, very difficult. So I want to, I, we don't want to make light of very difficult experiences, grief, pain, all the things that go along with the death. Cause that is absolutely, absolutely part of it. Right. But uh, we just wanted to take the approach of let's just get it out in the open. Let's just start talking about it and it's going to happen one day. So we might as well know how the other person feels about it. Right. That's right. Yeah. This was, this episode went 8,000 times better than I expected. <laughs> I will say because of me, these eight questions, it is because of you. It all, everything is because of you. <laughs> All eight questions are in the description here uh, and in the show notes if you're listening to this uh, after the fact on an audio podcast. So take these questions, get with your partner, whether you're mixed faith or not, and go through the questions. And you may learn something about yourself. You may learn something about 
your your partner, you may learn something about your brother if he gets involved. So well, and also like I think it would be a good idea. I mean, if you think about it, if like you had a very active believing family parents, loved ones, siblings, like what if they didn't know what your wishes were? If you wanted to be, have a, you know, your funeral at a church or not. And I, you know, I get, we kind of joke about all this. I get that really the funeral is for the living. It's for those people who are coping with it. Uh, I think though that there are beautiful ways we can honor. I'll just say at the end, one thing that um, they did at, at um, uncle Alan's uncle Jean's funeral is he loved Hawaii. That's where they went on their honeymoon. That's where they loved going. So everyone wore um, luau wear, which actually would be appropriate for my funeral as well. That's true. That's and true. then um, also he always had a ball cap on. And so they had everyone wear um, one of Jean's ball caps. And then um, after at the luncheon um we got this these great pictures of us throwing it in the air kind of as a remembrance to gene so there are some beautiful ways to incorporate the things that you love the things that we love into this and hopefully this was helpful absolutely thank you for planning this episode katie this went really well and thank you all for listening and watching another episode of marriage in a tightrope we would love to hear from you so if you have any feedback about this episode please leave a comment Uh, Please give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this episode. Comment here on on Facebook, like, and subscribe. That helps us quite a bit. You can also email us at marriageandinsiderope at gmail.com. And two other quick announcements that we would love to say. If you would like to support Marriage and a Tightrope, you can go to tightropemarriage.org and make a recurring donation. That helps us keep this podcast going and have wild, interesting conversations and and topics and episodes like this. We also, if you're listening in the present moment, we just started our 10th session of workshop on a tightrope, which is a six to seven week, depending if you're in for the last bonus week of sex and intimacy, everybody's in for some sex. Everyone. That's right. Uh, We just started that last night. So August 27th, we meet every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. for two hours. We have a few spots open. We always offer this after the first week ends because there's usually a few couples that for some reason or somehow didn't hear about the course and then it starts and they're like, no, we have to wait another six months or however long it's going to be for the next session. So it is not uncommon for us to have a few spaces uh, open for couples that want to join right after the first week starts. So if you're interested in that, you can also go to tightropemarriage.org and click join our workshop in the top right. If you have any questions about that, you can also email us at marriageandatsairope at gmail.com. Katie, did I forget anything? I think that's it. Okay. I think we covered it and then some. Thank you everybody for listening and watching and we'll see you on the next episode.